This is Life Elsewhere Music, curated and hosted by Norman B. With new, obscure, rare, unique, and extraordinary music. Hits of the future, artists who deserve your attention, and timeless recordings you probably missed. so very pleased to introduce you to my guest, David Christian. He has an album. The album is called For Those We Met on the Way. We're going to talk about the album and we're going to talk about we're going to talk about music and we're going to talk about what David's done in the past. David, welcome to Life Elsewhere. Good evening, afternoon, uh, depending where you are, I guess. Well, when this goes out, David, it will go out at different times across the United States and the UK and the rest of the world. Yeah. And then it goes up as a podcast as well, so people okay. can listen to it at any different time they like. So let's establish where you are. You told me before we started recording that it sounds idyllic where you are. Where are you exactly? It's, it's a place called Lacanau. Lacanau we're kind of in between these two very small towns, both called Lacanau, which is confusing, but one is Lacanau Ocean, where all the surfers 
and tourists hang out and it's full of bars and stuff. And then there's like an Oville, which is a post office and a way more hairdressers than you need and a supermarket. <laughs> and we're kind of in the middle by a lake in the middle of a forest surrounded by warthogs. Or, well, um, what are they called? Uh, not warthog. Uh, well, let's say warthogs. That's yeah, that, that, that'll do. Yeah. Well, it sounds lovely. And welcome. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. We are going to talk about your new album. Yeah. But I also want to go back in time and talk about about David, who's had a couple <laughs> of different names over the years. And uh, so let's do that first of all. Let's go back in time just a little bit and talk about the beginning. So I've so I've got this new album, David Christian, but I've seen you uh, under a number of different uh, monikers. So let's let's just go back and talk about David at the beginnings of getting into this funny thing we call the music business. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess most of my, my my parents and stuff were artists. I went to art school and I was a big music fan and it, it was by accident. I, oh, you know, you kind of, when all your friends are musicians, well, kind of, kind of musicians with a big inverted comma thing. And then it, I, I, was, I was getting really old, you know, I was about 20. Really old. Yeah. I better do something now. Otherwise, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be dead. And and I just started doing it with a friend in our in our flat, and um, it wasn't ever meant to be any more than maybe a gig and a record. I think a gig right. and a single was like the plan. <laughs> yeah. Here I sit, twenty nine years later. <laughs> so let's talk about the first band. Yeah, it was called the Painter Men for a bit, but but everyone was in that band, I think, in in um, in North London in that. It was like a kind of group of us who went to the same gigs, like the TV personalities and, you know, all that shop assistants, all that kind of um, create early creation records kind of thing. And that was yeah. the glue that kind of held us together and a love for kind of 60s music and a kind of mod imagery and all these kind of things that coalesced and Northern Soul and stuff. So you, you kind of just did it by, you just did bands for like a week someone would come up with a name for a band and you just go, you, 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 you. And you do <laughs> yes. that band and maybe make a tape. I've got lots of tapes lying around of bands called things like the Floral Teacup, where we uh, would have an idea of doing, you know, kink songs in the in a Russian style or something like that. And and I was quite happy doing that for the rest of my life, really. And then Comet Game started as one of those bands, but then we kind of just accidentally collapsed into being a proper band yeah so yeah that it was never really, i never had this band and i had this band it was just it was a mess of it was just a mess of just things with similar people and friends it was basically a way of friends hanging out you weren't <laughs> intending to be a professional musician that oh hadn't... god no i still don't no. <laughs> yeah you still don't so have you ever had a proper job then I've had, jo- I mean, I couldn't survive otherwise. <laughs> I currently don't have a proper job because it's, you know, it's difficult when you can't speak French very well and you live in France. But I, I thought most of my life I've either worked in secondhand record shops. Ah, yeah. Almost as cliched as the art school. Yeah, absolutely. Or yeah. right, for 15 years I worked in this um, den of sin and everything else degradation called vintage magazines in soho it was a kind of institution of 
of debauchery. It was it was sort of like movie memorabilia. Yes. There's was old magazine, old Playboys, old sixties pop magazines. Yeah. Anything like that, you know, posters and blow up, or, you know, posters, t-shirts, mugs, or whatever it was. And um, most of the people were, when virtually everyone who worked there was a musician. It was run by the people who were in Gallon Drunk and uh, the Flaming Stars and other kind of garage Camden. It was, you know, it was basically like being in a, a gig most of the time and everyone was drunk half the time and um, rude to the customers. And it being Soho, it was very Soho. It felt like a Soho place, let's put it that way. Right. It, it was quite wonderful to work there. It was horrible at times, but because um, <laughs> customers kept coming in and, and ruining the whole <laughs> the whole thing by kind of asking to do work. But yeah, apart from that, it was it was um, a lovely melting pot of awful things. Let's talk about you and the different bands. So, that, so it's got this collective of people, really. So you've got people come and go, like Comic Game. From what I remember, and you can fill in the gaps here, is that you kind of became like the, the, the main person, but people came and went with that band, right? Well, when it, yeah, when it started off with me and Phil Sutton, he was drumming and I was, sing, I'm singing, I'm not saying singing, I'm, you know, pretending, yeah. to sing, pretending to play guitar. And then because we wanted to do a gig before we broke up, at least, we asked some friends and then that became the band. And then that they all left that one after we did our second record, or no, during our second record, our second album. I mean, because that which was just way longer than we should have been going any, going anyway. Yeah, and that kind of yeah, I, I kind of and then we got offered to go to America. I think that was it. So it was oh, really? Up. Yeah, yeah. I kind of was like, oh, that sounds fun. You know, let's at least do that. And then it just kind of went on like that, and people would go. Or they do their own thing, and someone else would come in, or somebody would come in for a gig, and it was part. It was always part of the plan. It sounds like it's not, but what was this thing of? If you just play one gig, you're in comic. It's like a collector or a cult or a commune or a, you know. Yes. And some yes. people just write sleeve notes for the band, or some people just do this so that. And and over the years, we just accumulate the flotsam and jetsam of, but each one of them is is a member who can return at any point and always be. Member of comic game. <laughs> you know, I I should tell my tell my listeners that if you choose to go to to Bandcamp or go to Discog and just put in comic game, you will see a plethora of releases, such a lot of of releases under the name Comic Game, which I don't I have a lot in my collection, but not certainly not all the ones that you have listed on the, on Bandcamp, for instance. So it feels like we don't have enough. I mean, it's like bands like, uh, you know, Pastels are uh, a band that we kind of always admired and good to us. And they've been going for since 1980 or something. They, you know, and they've had, what, I don't know, what, eight albums, which to, so it seems like, okay, they just, they don't really make many records. And we've only done a slight amount more. Lots of singles. Yeah. David, talk to me about recording, about because it, it it's um, from one hand it seems like you never took it seriously, and and yet here you are with a brand new album. So for you, was it was it like as you're going into the studio, you're getting people together to record songs with singles or whatever? Was it something that you had a sort of a game plan ahead of you, or it just things just happened along the way? Oh, there's never a game plan. I mean, there might be like a, a minor game, minor plan in that. Oh, let's make a record that's a bit more. Me- me- mellow or you know let's do no there's barely a plan ever 
and even if there is a plan it, it always goes wrong and then another right. plan. So we did a a perfect example being um we did a single that no one bought many years ago uh called herbert hunky about the, the the beat poet and it was a friend of mine at the time was he just started a, a label and he just wanted a single so we went into this this basement and the band was going to be me and my partner Anne law who's been doing a lot of things in comic game john slade who was in comic game uh billy karen who was in bikini kill um i forgot actually i've forgotten who else uh, and <laughs> through a mix of drunken mishaps and just general weirdness, we ended up, you end up with a total different band <laughs> on the day from the people that were supposed to turn up and you don't even do the songs that you were going to do. And then the one you put on, is it accidentally the one that the eight, that you, don't, you don't put the pop girl group version on. It ends up being the seven minute version that you were doing just to warm up. Yes, you know that's kind of basically how it's been working for Comic Gain over the years. It's just that's a good modus operandi of of the way we operate is that we just don't we don't operate in the way it's supposed to. We don't function in any way that seems to make sense, but yet we have all these records out. You know, I get in talking to you uh, after listening to your music and now talking to you in person, I get the feeling that there's a little bit of tongue in cheek, yet at the same time. I get the feeling that part of you was being totally serious, that you wanted to make good records. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't still be doing it if I didn't. I, I think it's because it's, it's a, okay, I guess it's a combination of being the, the records I love totally transformed. Well, they, they made, made you feel like I belonged to something finally. Yes. Weird, awkward child, shy and everything. And certain records made me kind of feel like this is it this is this i don't i'm not right. on my own for something to belong yes. to and yes. friends you meet are like me and i actually you know you, you we can kind of find this little haven for ourselves in this kind of world yeah no kind of silly it seems to the outside world it's, this is ours and it's important and wanting to express certain things but do it in a way that you never get it right just part of the kind of fight of like kind of every record you make never turns out the way you have it in your head and the, when i'm doing the songs and I'm, I'm totally serious i want them to be good and i want them to have good words and i want them to be presented in a certain way and very kind of dedicated to try and get that bit right but at the same time i don't really give a shit about anything else <laughs> it's not your original name that you went by charlie damage if i remember at once oh yeah charlie damage was um, fun yeah yeah talk to me about that I have my birth name, and then I have the, the uh, my kind of adopted name, and I, I kind of didn't want to hold on to either of those particularly. So, um, and I like that idea of whichever you choose who your name is after a certain. You know, when you're an adult, you get to call yourself what you want. You should yeah. be by the shackles of other things. Also, was at the time in, in England, it was that thing of like when I was making music, there was a big thing about if you put your real name on it, you can't sign on to the doll. If ah. they oh. So I kind of, I was warned the first time we made a record and I thought, well, we're obviously going to be huge stars. And then you know, the DHSS, they will say like, well, you say you haven't got any job and there you are on top of the pop. So I kind of thought it was a clever thing to have a different name anyway. 
yeah. it's like, oh, I can't actually remember what the, fir- the, the first records I, name I used. David Feck was a, a, a kind of nickname by a friend of mine, uh, Pete, who was in the band Tallulah Gosh and Monochrome Set and many other bands. But because he's always feckless, always getting into scrapes and such. And then Charlie Damage was for, it was a kind of, I kind of would pick a name depending on, you know, how I felt at the time. Charlie Damage was kind of the more wayward psychopath punk <laughs> rock climbing buildings and stuff like that. So, yeah. But I just, okay. I, at some point I decided to kill him off because he was causing too much trouble. <laughs> so, right, right. Yeah. And David Christian has sort of been this sort of the kind of steady name that you've had. Well, that's kind of my name. It's, it's, I'm, my, my middle name is Christian. So. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. Yeah. So I'm without last name, just fine. Let's focus in on right now before we sort of go on to other things. But I want to just talk about your new album. And I said when I first heard it, without reading anything about the album, my goodness, this man has to be a big fan of two of my favorite singers, and I think terribly underrated, Dave Cusworth and Nicky Sudden. Uh, there was a, a certain sort of something going on there. And I thought, gosh, he's, has he studied the Jacobites? Is he, I mean, or, or what's going on? Because I'm not saying you're imitating, but it just seemed to me to be just, just a great sort of almost homage to, to those two gentlemen, now sadly not with us, who I just, their music I just love. Talk to me about this new album and, the, and that, <laughs> what I just said. Am I right in thinking that you were well, a big it's funny you say that. That was the second person this week who's brought up Dave Cusworth in relation to me. I think I got asked by All Music, one of those kind of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. They were doing like a tribute and asking people like Bobby Gillespie or whoever to choose a song. And they asked me. But uh, to be honest, I, 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 I've got one record by him, which I, I really like. I like all the songs I've, that I kind of... But he's very much on the periphery of my record collection. Really? Yeah. Uh, Nicky Sudden... I mean, I mean uh, <clears throat> when we started, the, my favourite two bands and the two bands I wanted to sound like were the Swell Maps and the TV Personalities. Yes. And, and I really love the Nicky Sudden and Epic Soundtracks records. And and the you know all those and the Jacobites is great and that album the Jacobites one the Rosepierre's um, Velvet yeah, yeah yeah I love that it's one of my you know yeah. it's, it's my top fifty yes. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not yeah. going to commit to anything other than that oh and I've got yeah I've got a handful of records by all those guys but never in that way where and I've seen them live a couple of times but never in this kind of these are in my top artist kind of things. I, I mean, I, I, every time this kind of is, is brought up, because I mean, I read so many reviews when they say the Jacobites and so on and so on. I'm not yeah. I'm absolutely fine with that because they, yes. these are good songwriters and they're good songs. And I kind of think, oh yeah, I should buy more records by these people. If I'm supposed <laughs> to sound like them, I should get more records. And I just don't. I, I, I say this the next sentence, not in a bad way. But like you know, most of the records are fairly interchangeable. They have a they have a f- way they write songs that yes, you know, which is great. But I you know I I don't really want to own 
43 Nicky Sudden albums and yes and so on I'm I'm happy with the ones I've got and they're great Pin Your Heart to Me is a great song we did yes. we did a song on the last Comic Gain album about Epic and uh, Nicky Sudden called the Godfrey Brothers I used to I worked with Epic Soundtracks oh. music and video exchange um, so yeah I was I flirted with the, you know I kind of there were moments in my life where I've kind of been around those people or, you know, had an insight into those things, but it's, yes. Yeah. And I probably should like them more than I do. And I, you know, maybe I will, but um, no, it's weird to be, when you're com- constantly compared to somebody and you kind of think, yeah, they're all right. I like them. You know, thank you for that explanation, David. I'm so glad that you explained it because I, I, I didn't want to sort of miss, misinterpret your appreciation of the Jacobites or Nicky Sudden or Dave Cussworth. And, and I, and I, I you cleared that up for me because I, I was a bit sort of apprehensive about saying, Oh, well, this guy is just, you know, he's just trying to do a, a Jacobite sort of interpretation. And I, I, I always think that people, what they like is not necessarily what they mean to be putting into their music. And and it's just, it just so happens that there are some similarities. Yeah. I mean, mean, two things is that one, I've I've never knowingly written a song going, I want this to sound like the Jacobites or or ripping off, you know, go, Oh, I can use that. Although I'm thinking of it for the next one, because there's a song I heard the other day and I was like, Oh yeah, I could use it. Uh, and I look really bad in eyeliner and silk scarves. So there's that. There's that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the third point I've now forgotten, but um, yeah, it's, I think it's like that I, in a way it's better to be compared to somebody you're not actually really, really, I mean, I, like I said, I do really yes. like, but not yes. something that I'm knee deep into where, you know, if, if everyone gets saying, Oh, you sound like, and I'll, you know, insert name of person who, I mean, I really love, records by people like Mark Eitzel and Stephen Duffy and ah, yes. uh, you know the Lilac Time uh, Stephen Duffy the Lilac Time and, and I'm more likely to kind of like listen to their records and go okay I can you know I'm going to try in something like that you have a very quintessential English sound not everybody does that comes from the UK you know some people sort of put on more of a kind of a, a mid-Atlantic sort of brogue others do you, but there's, there's a certain Englishness that comes through and, and it comes through in your, it's your music, which I, I find fascinating. I like a great deal. I, I guess it's a mixture of that thing. of like, you've got to be kind of honest about this is where you live. This is how I live. This is where I live. This is, it comes natural. Yes. If you're being honest, if you're just kind of, it, but everyone who makes music, more most people, I guess they, try and emulate at least at first the people that they admire yes like if if you're only listening to american singers and american music i guess it's like everyone's different but it's just i I never thought of it i don't i ever never think like do i sound english or do yes I sound yes or it's just that's just the way it, you open your mouth and that's what happens <laughs> yeah or the words you write because the, the you know you write about the streets you I, I i kind of write about places that i grew up in or i know or I'm a big, I, I went to California, I used to have a lot of friends in California. I've yeah. been there a few times and, and every now and again, we, we, I'd, I'd stick a reference into California, but maybe I'm doing it in a very English way, so it doesn't. Yes. Let's play a cut.
from for those we met on the way uh, and then we'll talk about a little bit more about the album what do you want to hear i forgot what it's called it's track from the... <laughs> <laughs> um honestly i forgot what it's called uh, what, what number is it uh, is it number no it's number four i think number four is when i called their names they faded yeah. away yeah because yeah. Um, um my two of my best friends for uh, did the guitar bit in the middle and that's one of my favorite bits on the record they both kind of separately did a guitar solo and then stuck them together and it sounds quite nice so let's do that one <laughs> let's hear it then this is david christian from his new album titled for those we met on the way david christian and the pinecone orchestra this one's called when i called their names they faded away It's not the night that chooses you Torn confetti that you glue Aching lonely leaves you blind It's not Albert Road or 161 A park bench in a Camden sun It's not what you have left behind It's not the things that you can't keep Or the could and should have beens it's nothing that would break your fall But I've got something that I need to tell you i got something that I need to say I've got something I, I've got something I need to say I've got something I've got something that I need to say Today
post on the graveyard hill List of things you're missing still Ten years you count in the jewel I broke my promise, I buried my heart I buried treasure deep in my ark I said goodbye in a lost warm way guest is david christian that's a track from his new album for those we met on the way david christian and the pinecone orchestra the title of that one when i called their names they faded away talk to me about that cut oh god see i would if, if i'd known you were going to ask me that question I would <laughs> that, that is probably the one i've literally got nothing uh i think i had a chorus and then worked backwards but then, and then I kind of, it was going to be this long, there's a, there's a record by the, the band Felt. Yeah. Home of the River, which is my favourite record of yeah. theirs. And there's two long songs on it. There's one called She Lives by the Castle and Riding on the Equator. And then Love it's it. kind of like, it's hard to, they're very, you know, they're very beautiful songs that have, there's a song there, which they kind of stretch. And then there's just this long, thing where the guitars and the organ just kind of do their thing and then go back and I kind of always thought I've mean, not done something like that before so I, kind of, I wanted to do a song that was very quiet and then kind of bursts into life and everyone plays all these interlocking things and yes just back to the song that literally was the only idea I had and I had a chorus which probably comes from someone else some, someone else's song somewhere but I've forgotten who it is and um, and then the words I've literally I can't I really don't know they're about something but um, I think they're a list of things. Usually, it's usually a list of things. Well, you've kind of in a, in a way answered the next question I was going to ask you about your process for for writing songs because everybody's got a a way they go about things and and you kind of give us you filled in some blanks there for us. Anything else you want to say about? Well, I mean, no, I don't, normally I don't. I don't know. I don't know what I normally do. Sometimes it's ah. different. Sometimes I just literally sit down and I write as just pages of stuff yes. about one about a thing, and then I condense it, and then I build a song around. You know, I think of some chords. Yes, and then there's another. There's other times where I I don't. And any musicians listening, don't tell me you don't do this because you're liars. Where you hear something. And you think, I'll have that, I'll, I'll nick that riff, or I'll turn it backwards. And then you add some words to it. But the words have got to mean something. You know, you're not just like, you're just not going to make up gibberish. It's right. Uh, I wish I could do that. I wish I, wish I could just do it, work more on the tune and then just 
to throw any old words on top of it because sometimes that, that's I love to spam clinic and I don't know what any words mean and I don't think they know what any of their words mean it's this kind of da da cut up thing yeah and that's great yes but I kind of like I, I unfortunately have to kind of feel like it has to mean something or have to be so it's yeah it's usually the words and then then I, I've got a list of things I want to sound like or you know or an idea for a song or yeah like the, the on the 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 last comic game album there was a song we are effing morons and it was just because I wanted I just wanted to do a song that just had a riff that just goes all the way through it and builds up and then you know that's how that that's how that came about <laughs> it's it's different it's, and it's it's better to be you know it's like if I did it Every song in the same process, I guess it would just get kind of dull. Yes. For me, for, for whoever well, you've just led me into asking another question about the meaning of things, and in this case, the meaning of pine cones. On the, on the artwork for the sleeve of this new album, um, you're holding a pine cone, and you've got the pine cone orchestra. So what's going on with pine cones for David? Well, it's, lit, it's because everywhere it's just all pine cone trees around here it's just a, yeah. you just can't you just wade through the things i spent like a with a fairly big garden i spent hours picking up acorns that have fallen from the the acorn tree and then pine cone they have these little needles pine, pine yeah. needles and they they just they can make a bed on your garden so i'm just picking them up with pine cones everywhere and they're great pine cones but they couldn't be a pain in the ass because you've got yeah, you're just kicking them and that. And it's nice. It's a nice word, isn't it? It is a nice word. You're right. Yes. The album, for those we met on the way, where did you record it? Uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a barn in the middle of nowhere in France. I, I, one of the things about living somewhere like this, as compared to living in London, is like in London, yeah. you just kind of like wander down the street and there's probably a record, recording studio somewhere that's like five pounds an hour <clears throat> in a bunker. And when I was making the record, I was well, make, doing the the, thing, the the whole process of like, I've got to make a record. And then it was like, well, we're going to make it. And I literally had no idea. And I asked a couple of people I knew in Bordeaux record shops and stuff. It was like, but no one seemed to, they didn't seem to be, unless you were like, you know, dance act or really rich or something like that. And then I remembered a, friend Sean uh he used to run the label Fortuna Pop that we were on and he he drove me to he, he drove me and my cat to where we live now and I, he was going to then visit some other friends of his I'd never met um who he thought lived really close to me but really don't and I drove for hours and hours for and then he had time for a sandwich and then drove back and he said, oh, they've got a recording label, uh, studio, like in a barn. So I remembered that, and I wrote to them, and they said, yeah, go on then, come along. And um, it was literally that, and I asked my friend, uh, Niman, who was in this band, who was in this band, Herman Dune, and is, is currently in this band, Zombie Zombie, that are very kind of kraut rock synthesizer ah. tracks. But he's a wonderful guy and a wonderful drummer. And he came down from Paris. We went there. He picked us up at this tiny station that probably no one goes to. We drove to a barn and, yeah, we made it in 
three days and then everyone else added their bits afterwards by me sending them the songs and ah so okay yeah 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 it was you know it was just like three of us really making a record at the time in this incredibly rural place which was bizarre but it probably added to making it more kind of I'm kind of reluctant to ask about titles because everybody's got their interpretation. And I kind of like it when the listener can interpret a song the way they want it. But you've got to give respect to the to the artist and the creator of the songs, what they meant. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you what the title of the album for those we met on the way. Well, I'm glad you asked me that because I really regret that title now. Because I think on the back of the album, it says Homemade Dreams from the Lonesome Green. And I think that was going to be the title. And I just thought it was a bit of a mouthful, possibly a a bit, not pretentious, but just kind of, I kind of wanted the songs have a unity in what they're about. I kind of wanted the title to have a unity with the stuff, you know, so it all fits together. That that, that title, the, the one I wanted, doesn't really fit in with what the songs were about. So I felt I was, I would be betraying my, yeah. And I just sat there for about an hour at the local cocktail bar, trying to think of uh, a title. And I think I was reading a, at the time this book by Joyce Johnson, I think she's called, that that, that was briefly, uh, she was like a beat poet herself. Okay. Female beat poets. And I think I just saw something, not, not that, that lot line, but something like that line. Like that, yeah. In a book. Because I could open books and just look at lines. Like sure. Who, who are yeah. very right. And, and it kind of seemed to fit. If I, if I twisted the words a bit for those we met. Yes. And it, it, and it you know, the label needed a, a title. And I emailed them for that title. And then it was too late to do anything else. Which is kind of like the name comment game, because it was like, you know, I would regret that. But it was we had to, we had to tell them what the band that were fourth on the bill yes. called. Yes, and I had to come up with something. So, <laughs> no, it's funny, you know, David, because how how names come about? They sometimes they come about by accident or they come about out of necessity. So that's that's I think it's a good title for those we met on the way. I want to ask you about we're going to have to wrap fairly soon because we're going to run out of time once we put the music in uh, about. <laughs> About performing live, you haven't performed live for for quite some time, I understand. No, well, well I haven't been able to. I mean, right? That, yes, you know, yeah. The mixture of um, the, there's this plague thing that's yeah. been moving groovily across the nation, the world, and um, and then living here, and then uh, we hate rehearsing and things like that. I mean, there were some offers, and then we didn't do them. And yeah, I, you know, it'd be fun to do it again soon. Yes, I mean, it'd be yeah. weird. I guess that I, I guess the I mean, comic game still exists, but I guess this is you know, I I have this record. So yes, any gigs I'll be doing soon will be this record. This record, right? You know, it's like, I don't have to do. It's like, do I have people with me, or do I do it on my own? Or you know. right, yes, <laughs> yeah. So- getting up, standing in front of people again is kind of. It'd be quite bewildering after hardly speaking to anyone. Do you like it under normal circumstances? Is that something you enjoy? I don't know. I don't. No. Think I, I don't. I think I do sometimes, and I don't other times. 
I, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm a re- relatively kind of shy person, I think. Yes. Person. And, but live, I can, I can make up for that by just talking a lot. Right. Yes. Things and, and being Charlie Damage or whoever it is. That yes. Habits. Yes. But um, I, I, I think I always feel bad if, we, if, we're, if I think we're bad. I was going to have that thing in the back of my head of like people have come and maybe they're expecting something, you know, majestic. Mm. Just got like somebody who spends 10 minutes trying to change a guitar string. Cause I still, yeah. like, still have no idea how to do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. No, understood. Uh, yeah. So I sometimes kind of like at the end of the gig, everyone's happy and, and, and everyone's going, yeah, that's great. And I'm, I just feel terrible. Like for like a week, I'll just think I'm never doing that again. It was awful, but you know. Was so where where you live now, David? You're not immersed in the the day to day and the hustle hustle and bustle of your friends and musicians and artists and all kinds of people that you at one point in time could uh, walk down the street and bump into. So the music business itself, not just because of COVID, but just because of what's gone on Thing, things have changed in the music business quite quite a lot not least of all with how people are getting their music these days how it's delivered any thoughts on the way the music business is is running these days for david well i i mean i don't really know anything about the music i mean the, the i've i've not for me personally i've noticed that in the last couple of years well, the last two records i've made there's, it's you, you have to do these terrible things like go on Instagram and then yeah. and you know do social media things, which I guess now is and Spotify and all of this is absolutely alien to me, and I don't know what to do. And yes, um, but I try my best. I have no idea if I'm doing a good job, but probably not. Uh, so it's just so different. I, 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 yeah, I'm just, it's kind of quite strange to me. And then there's that, that added thing of like, you, you, you know, if you're in the UK, how do you play in Europe? Which used to be the best. If you, of yes. course, you were a band in Europe of a certain yes. size, you at least go, oh, if we go, yeah, if we get a few gigs in Germany or France, they give you food and you get good money and you get hotels. And I guess that's out of the question now. Or even if you get gigs in, you know, London. Because so not as many people can go because of the restrictions. I guess you get less money. So it's like it's that awful thing again of like that the, the only people, the people who should be making music, or the way the way I always see it is that people who kind of have this hunger, right. probably because they're not particularly rich or they come from, there's something burning inside them and they have yeah. to make music and have to do, go and do it and need to make friends or need to make connections. They can't because they just can't afford it. And the only people who are making music in a way they can do it, people who probably don't need to because it's like a hobby. Or, you know, it's just this kind of easy thing of like, if they lose money, it doesn't matter if they lose money because they've got the money anyway. I don't know. That probably sounds very classist. But no, no, I think it sounds right on. Yeah. 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 Well, that's how, and it seems like that's how things are, or that's how mm. it will become in the, and then, then other, in other ways, it's like the, the, the people that have been marginalised by that will only be doing music on things like Bandcamp where they have some control over it. And, you know, so they have no actual connection with people other than through the computer of like, here's a thing. And, uh, 
Yeah. I'm curious. I'm curious about this album, about the new album. What prompted you to do this album? Necessity of, I couldn't do a comic game record because we lived in other countries and everyone's, I, I, before it all happened anyway, I was like, I kind of want a break from, I don't want to, you know, like make another comic game record yet. I kind of felt like I wanted to do something else. But I wasn't quite sure what. And then, if it was like, if I am going to make a solo record, because it's, you know, I kind of feel like I've been in the game <laughs> long enough. I get yeah. to make, my, yeah, I get to make a solo record if I want. It'd be fun. I just yeah. thought to see what it's like, because you kind of need to do something different to make it refresh, or you know, I don't know. So, but then you're in somewhere totally different. So it's like the way you do songs, or the way you're influenced by songs. It's not like I have a busy London street outside me so that the songs come out angrier or you're going on the tube every day. So, you, you know, you're watching people and you're listening to people. So I'm surrounded by nothing or a beautiful kind of idea. Yes. Like birds and warthogs. It was like, I wonder what, how the songs are going to come out. But I guess because of the whole Brexit thing where everyone's kind of getting nostalgic and looking back and becoming more insular, I guess that affected it, where it became this kind of um, memorial to, you know, a past that I kind of wanted to exercise. There does it. seem to be, to me, I and maybe I'm, maybe I'm reading be. more into it than I than than I don't know. But there, there's a sort of a, there's a plaintiveness that's um, is coming through in in the album. Yeah, not sadness so much as <sighs> reflection, reflecting. Well, that's what you when when you kind of, I mean, you know, a lot of it is to do with looking back on on not obvious things, but the things that kind of were like hidden. Like a lot of the songs are about maybe people, instance or people that you actually forgot about. Mm-hmm. Somehow affected, you know, maybe like someone that you were friends with, like. Um, for a few months, you know, when you were 20 or something like that, who at the time was in, you know, this is my best mate. Yes. You kind of forget them. You forgot right. about them. Yeah. And then you, you know, you remember, all you remember is maybe like one or two small incidents. And those, I kind of felt like I wanted to kind of make a, something for those moments or those people or, you know. Yes. But at the same time, and a lot of the songs like Goodbye Teenage Blue was was more kind of like big things in the past. By yes. singing about them, I lay them to rest. I get rid of them. Because, you know, I, I want to be in the present. I want to kind of yeah, yeah. Uh, be this nostalgic kind of person. Uh, you know, I, I kind of wanted to, if I, I have this record now that kind of can be like a memorial to them. So if I, like a diary or something, like you, it's like Got finding it diary from when you were young and it's got all these Christian images, you know, rushes of of like, oh yeah. Right. But then you can put it back again. So it's there if you need it, but it should there be laid to rest. So you can get on with just you can take tear it out of your head and your heart and and put it somewhere else and just kind of like concentrate on what you're doing now. Great explanation. <laughs> I like that. Terrific. David, choose one more piece of music for us because oh. unfortunately we are going to have to wrap. 
I've got to tell you, man, this has been just just really enjoyable talking to you. You're a good conversationalist. Really enjoyed this. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's the first conversation I've had for quite a long time. So <laughs> uh, I'll choose what well, I choose. Choose. Well, I guess because we've been talking about that, the aspects that I've just, uh, one of my favourites on the record is Mums and Dads and Other Ghosts. It's Mums and one. Dads, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that kind of, for me, that kind of sums up quite a lot of what I'm trying, well, looking to the past to kind of speak to the present or the future or something. Yes, the last track on the album. Yeah. I have been talking to David Christian uh, and... Uh, such an I, I there's something very honest and genuine about you that I that that um, comes through and I, I really appreciate that. David's album is called For Those We Met on the Way, and here's the last cut on the album: Mums and Dads and Other Ghosts. David, thank you so very much for spending the time talking us life elsewhere. <laughs> Thanks, David. So I got my son staring at me. That's uh, okay. You can bring him on if you want. Bring him on. <laughs> hey there. Hey, Mister. How are you? Really good. What's your name? What? What is your name? Uh, oh, the... uh, Emil. 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 Okay. Parlez-vous français? What? Do you speak French? Yeah. Yes, of course you do. Yes. You're very handsome. You're a handsome young man. <laughs> okay, Mew. Allez, allez. <laughs> it's okay. We're, we're, um... Where do you live? Where do I live? I live in, in America, in Florida, in America. Uh, and uh, are you in the city? I am in a city. Yes, I'm in a, in a big city. Yes. And where are you now in your house? Amy, I'm Amy. in... I'm in my house. Yes. Yes. You're in the living room? Actually, it's kind of a living room. It's my studio. It's in, I have a loft. I built a loft. It's in a big warehouse building and I built a, I built a loft. So this is my, I guess you call this my studio. Yeah. On the side. Yes. You want to know what's on the side? Last yeah. question. You mean the, you mean the, the, um, the big right. colors there. Those no, are some... the colors on top of one of the books. Ah, bigger. Yeah, that's this guy. Yeah, this is this is from Martin Atkins. He's a very well-known drummer, and this is his voodoo doll. And I keep him with me for good luck. And it's from Martin Atkins. is a is a drummer that he's been in Ministry, Pig Face, Killing Joke. Brian Brain. He's yeah. another musician. He's a musician like your dad. And you? Okay. That's but enough. last question. What no, is yeah. that what you're talking on? It's a microphone. That's a microphone. Yes. And I write that doesn't have it. I, would like one like that, I, I have one because this goes out over radio, so I have to have very, like, very yeah. clear, very precise sound. I've got a microphone. So, yeah. I'm sure your dad's got some microphones there. Oh, yo, yo, yo. Don't worry, my love, it goes so soon. So leave the dust in the room. 
This life will have no end And we'll live it soon I'll tell you what my dad told me Don't make my mistakes and set the monsters free And I'm still waiting for that day Tom Courtney finally gets on that train And comes down to London to choose his own heaven Life is a series of goodbyes Until you farewell yourself and all your lies Every street's a bookmark of your days And I still love them in their winding ways It's just moms and dads dreaming that you're Without your mum Walk your way to the witch's caves Inside you, as 
Listening to Life Elsewhere Music, hosted and curated by Norman B. We'd love to hear what you think of the program and we want to hear your music. Contact us at this address info at lifeelsewhere.co. That's C O. To hear the show again, go to the Life Elsewhere Music page at lifeelsewhere.co or go to Life Elsewhere. Mixcloud. <laughs> Life Elsewhere music is produced by Norman B and recorded in one take without edits. <laughs> Thank you for enjoying Life Elsewhere music.